Hey, I am, uh, just so you know, I'm alive. And uh, <laughs> just, I feel like I've been like Bigfoot, hard to spot here lately. And uh, so we're, we're grateful for our teaching team. We have a great teaching team here at New Hope in the last number of weeks. And last week, thank you for showing grace uh, to your pastor. As uh, Last week, I was not well, and, and I was grateful I preached the message in 2019. That is exactly what we needed, right? And I watched that message, too, and I'm like, dang, I needed that. You know, like, <laughs> just so you know, the pastor learns as he teaches. So um, it's all a good thing. Now, we are starting a new series today called A Guide to a Totally Awesome Christmas. Who wants a totally awesome Christmas, right? Like, like that's, we're going to give you like three key things that I think can help have you a totally, have a totally awesome Christmas, okay? And, uh, and this morning we're talking about light. We're saying turn on the light. Everybody say light. light. All right, that's what we're talking about. Now, whenever we read passages today, whenever I uh, have it up on the screen and you see that word, what are you going to say? You're going to say light. light, all right? So we're going to interact today and, and let that word kind of flood us. Uh, this morning as we're talking about how to turn on some lights this morning. Um, if you didn't grab one of these, um, we do have just a little bookmark reading plan, such as a short, short series. And if you wanted to do that, it's on our website, it's on the app. It's, these bookmarks are back there on the tables on your way out. And uh, you can read the Christmas stories as you uh, prepare for Christmas to come. And, and uh, so you can grab one of those. It has a reading plan on the back, has a, a way to spend time with God. We want you to spend time with God each day. And it's just a great easy tool that we create. And we also have these invites with all of our stuff on the back. So if you have a friend that you want to invite, grab one of these. Say, hey, I would love for you to join me, um, whether it's on Sundays or Christmas Eve. Um, we got the Student Ministries Christmas bash coming up. We've already had the Kids Christmas Pajama Party and the Women's Christmas event, which was awesome seeing like 170 ladies here on Friday, which was awesome. And, um, but there's still more to come in the month of December. Uh, so grab those. On the bottom of our reading plan is always what? A memory verse. All right, so there's a memory verse for this series, and it's a little bit longer, but I'm stretching your minds, all right? So, like, if you just don't want to remember part of it, you can. Um, if you want to memorize the whole thing, uh, it's, this is a really great christmas theme verse for us uh, to remember. So this is John 1, 14. Let's read this out loud all together. Here we go. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Man, I love those last two words, right? Grace and truth. Something that we don't understand in today's culture and society, but it is a characteristic of our Heavenly Savior, right? Like, He is all truth, meaning there's no lie in Him. Everything He is, is true, but He's also full of grace which means we're allowed to be in his presence even though we're not full of all truth, right? Even though we have our struggles. And that is the God that we serve. Welcome to New Hope. We're glad you're here. If you're broken, you're in a good place. This is a safe place for us to experience the God of grace and the God of truth. And it's the truth that sets you free. And so I'm praying this morning you may experience some of that as we get into God's word uh, together. If you have a Bible, I would encourage you to open it to Luke chapter 2. This morning is what we're going to be reading as we kind of kick off the morning. And as soon as you find it, you can stand with me. Um, Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. And um, if, as you're standing, I'll let you know this here, New Hope. If it's your first time with us, maybe you, you're just joining us. Normally what we do is teach through books of the Bible. And, um, and, 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 uh, and that's we just ended the book of Genesis uh, last week through the Christmas series. We're kind of doing topics, okay, for the next three Sundays leading up towards Christmas Eve. And so we're going to be in lots of different verses, but this one kicks us off this morning and through this whole series of what we're digging into in, uh, in Luke chapter 2. And if, you don't, if you're new here too, we stand to honor God's word when, when we read the passage for the day. So this is what it says. I'm reading from the NIV. 
It says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. God, as we jump into this series and this season and, and getting towards Christmas and all the hustle and bustle and busy and, and family and shopping and just all the things that go along with this, help us to stop, slow down, and for us as Christ followers, <clears throat> focus on the gift we've been given. The proclamation from the angels that the Savior has been born. This morning, God, whatever you want to speak into our hearts, whatever you want to say to each of us, help us be open and ready, open our minds, our hearts, our spirit, so we can receive your word, receive your truth, and it's in Christ's name I pray. Everybody said amen. 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 Awesome. You guys can have a seat. <clears throat> so Christmas, who loves Christmas? I love who hates Christmas? I was just going to see if anybody responded. All right. <clears throat> right, there's some bah humbug people, right? There are, they exist, you know, they're like, you know. Um, who had your Christmas lights up before Thanksgiving? All right, all right, I'm judging you. All right, um, you know, I understand, right? Like, there's something like, you, you get excited and you want, like, yeah, let's fill, fill our house with, you know, that Christmas spirit going, that's awesome. Um, uh, and then there's those that wait till the proper time, and then they do it after Thanksgiving, and then... <laughs> And then they celebrate Christmas, and then they keep it up through January, right? So it's like Christmas lights on the house into January and February because it's too cold to take them down. So, um, so either way, on either end, you know, we all got issues, and that's okay. Um, but Christmas, it's full of traditions, right? It's, it's full of things that, like, there's, there's good things that I hope that you experience during the holidays, that every year it brings you back to uh, just a, a happy place, right? A place kind of a joy. And whether that's doing traditions, different traditions that families do throughout the season, um, that, that uh, whether it's, you know, putting up your tree at a certain time and having the kids put their ornaments on, or whether it's, um, you know, uh, just decorating, or it's certain mornings where you open, like, the Advent calendars. Like, everybody has these different traditions. And, and I hope you have some and you enjoy them. And, and um, I think decorating is one of those big ones that a lot of people just enjoy doing. And especially with Christmas lights. Some people are Christmas light minimalists, right? Some people are like maximists when it comes to Christmas lights. And they just kind of go all out. Um, and uh, I'm just wondering, let me do another survey real quick. How many of you, like on your Christmas tree, you absolutely have to have colored lights on your Christmas tree? Just show of hands here. Yeah, so, okay. How many of you just, you're just a white light, Christmas light kind of person? Wow, so the white light Christmas people just won. Sorry, color Christmas light people. Um, sorry, everybody else is boring. That's the problem. Everybody's <laughs> like, I like my stuff just, you know, I like my, my khaki decorations, you know, I just like, you know, just... Just keep it, keep it clean. Um, right, but this is different. People have different opinions about how to decorate and, you know, how, how big to go and how small to go. And, 
And, and today I'm talking about Christmas lights. We're talking about the light, but Christmas lights is just, it's a great part of Christmas. And people spend a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of energy um, looking at, putting up, decorating, and making sure Christmas is all lit up. I know it's going to be about Christmas whenever you drive through downtown, and then all of a sudden you see like, oh, all the, the light posts have the Christmas lights thing on them, and the, the tree goes up on the square, and you start decorating, putting ribbons, and, and things You're like, okay, Christmas is coming, and then you drive through town, and it's beautiful. Beautiful, right? It's like really pretty. Um, and then around here at the Worcester Cemetery, you know that big giant tree, the Worcester Cemetery? I have a creepy story about that. One time, um, <laughs> one time when we were leading college ministry, uh, I was on staff at a, a church here in Worcester, and we did this big New Year's Eve like party. And a part of it, we did it like we were on site at different locations all throughout. Like, hey, you know, we're live here at this place. And we were live here at the Christmas tree at the cemetery. And it was late. It was, I don't know, it was like 10 o'clock. We're shooting this video and trying to get it done. And we're underneath the Christmas tree. And we're a little spooked out as a cemetery, right? And it's like, uh. And so we're under there. And like, let's just get this done real quick. And we start shooting and then all the lights go out. And then you're thinking, this is possessed, right? Like something evil's happening. We like got in our cars and we were like out of there like really quick. Scary. So there you go, a little side story. Um, so we don't go to that cemetery at night anymore. <clears throat> That's not a Christmas memory I want to have. But like, so like Christmas, like a lot of zoos, you know, this is like Christmas light season for zoos. They, they actually have a lot of visitors show up to their zoo, not to look at animals, but to look at the lights, right? Actually, I think the majority of the income they make in a year, they make a lot of it during that, that uh, like 10, not, not, probably not, probably not, that's like six or seven week period. They just make lots of money because people pay a lot of money to go look at the Christmas lights. And then they hope to maybe see, you know, a little critter, but it's hard to see because it's dark out, right? And we, we made a tradition of that, whether it's, we went to the, the Toledo Zoo for a long time, my parents lived up there, and then the Columbus Zoo is really big, really beautiful, uh, been to that one. Um, Worcester here, we actually do this thing called the Let It Glow, I don't know if you've seen that, if you want to start a new tradition, um, the Worcester Chamber of Commerce puts it together, and you can actually submit your house to be on a list, and they put a map together, and one, two, three, four, five, six, and you can go and then vote on the different houses, and, and go on a little... You're on a little tour through town and through Wayne County. It's pretty cool. We've done that a couple of times as a family. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen the show The Great Christmas Light Fight. Have you seen that on, on ABC? Like, these people go bonkers, right? Like, with, with their decorations as they decorate their houses. And uh, I'm going to show you a few pictures in a minute. But have you ever had Christmas light frustrations? Can I get an amen on that one? Like, where the full strand and you, like, you light up, the, you wrap around the tree, and then you plug it in, and half of them don't work? Oh, that's a Grinch moment, right? That's like, a, you got to be kidding me. Because I have never, I don't think I've ever found the bulb. You know, the one bulb that like blows, that, that ruins the whole thing. So you just pitch them and start over again and go, go buy a new strand and wrap it up and, and say, Jesus, help me the whole time you're doing it. And um, it, can be, it can be frustrating sometimes, decorating. Or the, the big knot. Have you ever had the big ball of Christmas lights, right? Where it's like... Yeah, this is just staying a ball. It's a decoration now, right? Like, we're just lighting the ball, and it is what it is. Uh, some people go really crazy. Here's a few houses that I saw online that people just that go bonkers. Here's one. Oh, my gosh, right? Like, that is their house, and they've got, like, fire things going and smoke machines, and I'm like, okay, you are something, right? Like, you've got lots of time and resources and money, and, um, and this is a great hobby. Here's another one. I think it's in Florida. They did every surface of their whole property, right? It's like the grass, the sidewalks, the... I, I, you're not allowed walking your dog down their pathway there because it'll pop, pop, pop the whole time. But like 
that is bonkers. But I'm more like the neighbor, and I like this picture right here. Right? <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that. That's been like a few years people have been doing this, right? Like, it's like, it's like I, they did it great. I just don't have time. Ditto, right? Like, like I, and especially the neighborhoods that like, we, everybody decorate, like, ditto, you know? That's, that's the way to do it, I think, sometimes, um, if you're busy. Um, but Christmas lights, we, we enjoy Christmas lights. And, and this is a, a part of the guide to a totally awesome Christmas. And this is just a fun one, is, is celebrate Christmas with light. Like, just let's, let's do it, Right? Enjoy Christmas lights and, and go and watch and go and see and go to the places and, and just ooh and ah over people's creativity. Um, uh, there is something about the wonder of it, you know, when you see like a really amazing Christmas display. It's like, wow, it, it, it just puts wonder into you. And so we want to celebrate Christmas with light, but we're talking about a deeper light, okay? I, I want to talk about the light of Christ as, as not just celebrating Christmas lights, which is great, and fun, but as Christ followers, we want to celebrate the true light. We're going to see the Old Testament, the New Testament, and present day, where we see God speaking, and the, and the scriptures talking about the light. And you're going to see it a lot through the Christmas story. You're seeing the Old Testament, just and so we're going to go through that path this morning as as we have some fill in the blanks and main points as we walk through this. Okay, so your first one was this: celebrate Christmas with light. But here's the reality. God promised to bring his light to us. So not like artificial light, not plug-in light, but God's light. He made a promise in the Old Testament, in the book of Isaiah, that, his, that, that, that there was darkness in the world, but God was going to show up with a light in a new way. When we go back in that point of history, we go back to before Christ was born, there was, there was a darkness over the world. Actually, from the last, um, the last prophecy of a Messiah to when Jesus showed up, there was 400 years of silence. I don't know how bored you get in like 40 minutes, but 400 years of silence from the last prophecy to when Jesus showed up. There was a sense of darkness. And in that darkness, actually, the religion of the day, those that considered themselves God's people, the Jews, were creating a darkness in their religion because it was all about legalism. It was all about rules. It was all about regulations. And they lost the heartbeat of what God was wanting them to do, which was all about relationship. The whole point of the rules and, and laws that God put in there is to help them to understand how to relate with him and others. But they took it and they put it in a box. And then they said, we ought to live inside this box. And it became a confining, defining um, uh, thing that actually created darkness and separation because it also separated anybody who wasn't a Jew. You can't know this God. He's our God. And so we get into this point of history and we're going to read in Isaiah chapter 9, which I believe was like 700 years before Jesus' arrival, was this prophecy given to us in this season of darkness. And this is what it says in Isaiah 9, uh, 1 and 2, and then verse 6. It said, Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. It says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness. A light has dawned. You see this theme. He's like, the land is dark. Things are dark. And in this point of history, and I'm just going to tell you, it's still kind of the same way. 
Okay. In this point of history, that darkness um, was due to the absence of the presence of a Savior. Okay? Because then you get down to verse 6. He says, For to us a child is born. To us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This is the prophecy of the Savior, the birth of Jesus one day. And in this point in history, he said, there's a darkness, there's a gloom, but don't worry. Don't worry. I'm promising. This is God speaking. I'm promised to bring my light to you. And his name, his name, he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Who needs that? Mighty God, please, Lord. Everlasting Father, eternal Prince of Peace. That's what the darkness needs, isn't it? That's what the darkness in our own soul needs. And so God promised to bring it in the past, to bring his light. And now we get into the Christmas story, and then Jesus shows up, and he's born. And in this scene, we're going to read a lot of different passages. Jesus shows us that he is the true light of the world. He is the one that took the gloom and got rid of it. Jesus is the true light of the world. You can fill in the blank there. There was a lot of darkness then. <clears throat> when I think about today, and um, I, I haven't really watched the news all that much. Um, a lot's been going on in our family and in our home, and I just, did, I just yeah, it wasn't, I didn't need more stress. So, like, <laughs> when you watch the news, it is stressful. There's not, there's not a whole lot of light that they're, like, talking about. It's usually the last story, and it's usually like, hey, look, a puppy saved Christmas for this family, right? Or it's like, you know, it's like something like, oh, you know, like, forget all the evil that I just talked about, right? And it's like, there's a lot of darkness still in this world. And it's, and it's hard. It's difficult. There's wars right now. And I believe these wars are a battle between light and dark, between evil and good. There, there are not just like global things or in the news things, but there's things that we struggle with. There's darkness and addictions and hatred and injustices that we see constantly. And, and division, I, I've never experienced the kind of division in any point of history as, as what I see right now. Darkness and depression, mental health, I don't know what your darkness is. I think we all wrestle with something that feels, some, feels like dark. It, it, it doesn't feel like light. It doesn't feel like joy and peace and you know, love. And, and so what do we do with that? How, how do we handle that? You see people talking about um, trying to, to grasp for, for things that they think bring hope, right? Grasping for things that they think will help them. Um, will heal them or bring freedom, but they're actually those things a lot of times are the things that just create more bondage and create more darkness and, and maybe create soothing and coping for a moment, but it doesn't last. The darkness just kind of comes back in a wave. There's people who cry out, you know, peace on earth, we want peace on earth. And the reality is there's not going to be peace on this earth until Christ returns. It's not going to happen. Darkness is in battle. And there will be no peace on earth without Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is the light. He's not a Christmas light. He's the light. (laughs) 
He is the light in the darkness. Jesus said it about himself in John chapter 8, verse 12. He said, Then Jesus again spoke to them, saying, I am the light. He's the light of the what? The light of the world. The one who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. See, it's capital L. This isn't lowercase L. This isn't like candlelight, right? He's like, the light is Christ. It is his name. It's a part of who he is. It's his character. He says, I am the light, capital L, right? And, and anyone who follows him, they're not going to walk in darkness. I mean, darkness isn't going to win. There will be darkness around, but it can't control. It can't win, but we'll have the light of life. And when he says life, it's not just like, oh, I, I just want a good life. I want life to be like always good. And it's not real, right? Like life isn't always going to be good and perfect on this broken world that we live in and amongst other sinners that we party with and hang out with and do life with. Like, like we're going to go through things that darkness surrounds us, but we can still choose to let the light, Jesus, be with us. He is the light of the world. I love the way John 1 shares the Christmas story because it's different, right? It's not a direct. It's like this imagery of who Christ is. And this is what it says in John 1. It said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. We just finished Genesis, right? In the very beginning, it was God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit present at all creation. The Word, Jesus, was with him, with them, with God. God was there. So Jesus was there, and he is the word. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. Jesus was the light of all mankind. There's a darkness of all mankind. I will talk about that in a little bit, but Jesus is the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. Amen? Amen? The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Jesus showed up. This is the light it's talking about. There was a darkness over the world, and the light has come. He is here. It's what we celebrate at Christmas. We read at the beginning, Luke chapter 2, and it gives us this awesome, glorious picture of these shepherds out in the field. Shepherds were, were uh, you know, it's, God did not make a mistake on who he showed up to and who got the message of the, of, of the coming of the Savior, right? Like, it didn't go to the priests. It didn't go to the royalty. It didn't go. It went to the lowest on the totem pole people. Shepherds, their, um, their testimony in court was not valid. That's how low they were. They're like, oh, you're just shepherds. We can't, we don't believe what you say. So why would angels show up to shepherds? Because we're all just like those shepherds. We're all broken people in need of the message of hope that a light has come. And so in this, in Luke chapter 2, it says, An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. So there was a light when the angel showed up. And anytime you see angels, I always say it, anytime you see angels, people freak out, right? Like, you would too. Or if an angel just popped up and said, hey, you'd be like, ah, you know, like, pee a little, and it's like, ah, and then they always say, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. <laughs> like, I know that I just scared you, I'm sorry. I think they have a little fun with it. They had to have had some fun with it, because it only happened, if, you know, in Scripture, when it happened, it's like, they were like, ah, I get to be the one. You know, like, Gabriel's like, ah, watch, I get to do this, it's so awesome. And he, he's like, I'm going to say the line, ready? Don't be afraid, you know, and they just... That's what they always said. 
why, why, well, so God's glory. So an angel shows up in the God's glory. I can't imagine that. We're reading the Old Testament about Moses, and Moses was God's, uh, you know, leader and mouthpiece for his people, leading them into the freedom and the promised land. And Moses climbed up a mountain, and he was the only one that was allowed to go up there. The presence of God, God himself, was with him on the mountain. God's glory shone. And when he came down, his face was glowing because of his experience in the presence of the glory of God. Like, I can't imagine. We, our, our eyes, our minds, like the best Christmas light show we'd ever seen, doesn't, it can't even grasp seeing God's glory shining. Like, he is wrapped in light. That's heaven right now. There is no darkness in heaven. He is wrapped and surrounded in his glory, which is all light. So this angel shows up. Ah, the angel, and the shepherd's like, what is happening, right? And then he says, no, don't, don't be afraid. He says, I bring you good news. Everybody say good news. Good news. I bring you good news. Don't be afraid. That will cause great joy for all the people. Who needs that today? Amen. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. There was a great light, and, that, and all of a sudden, you know, the angels, the rest of the angel choir shows up. Oh, so it's like one angel, God's glory. Now, a bunch of angels filling the sky, God's glory. Oh, and they're singing, glory to God in the highest. Jesus, when he showed up, he brought the true light because he is that light. He is God's glory and presence on this earth. Now we get into the Christmas story and, you know, if we're going to go through it through the next few weeks. We, we, if you've never heard it before, Mary, virgin, baby, in, in, a, in what I believe was probably in a cave or, or some kind of space like that where the animals were kept, and, uh, and Joseph, he didn't call ahead and make reservations, you know, so he didn't, they didn't have a place to stay. And so they're in this humble place. And then Jesus is born. And the shepherds go and they see and they worship. They're like, this is who they told us. This is him. And they're glorying in this. We see in Matthew chapter 2, another part of the Christmas story where these three wise men show up, Okay. And, uh, and, and there, in this part of the story, I want us to understand, when light shows up, the darkness is always trying to kill it. It's trying to kill the light. We see this in the Christmas story. It's not all just, oh, you know, everything's great, and like Jesus, and now they have, you know, three-bedroom, two-bath house, and they're living in Bethlehem, and, and uh, Joseph's got a good job, and Mary's taking care of the family, and, and, um, and they're just kind of like doing their thing, right? Like, like there is something going on in the underworld. Under There's something going on in the dark spiritual realm. And, and we see in this moment in Matthew chapter 2 that the darkness, even though the light has come, the darkness is still trying hard. The darkness is fighting hard. <clears throat> and, uh, and this is what we see in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 through 3. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, magi from the east came from Jerusalem. Now, I don't know if you have a nativity set. You probably do. Um, and, and in that nativity set, if you have like the wise men, the three wise men in the nativity set, just so you know, they don't fit there. 
because this was a lot later. We, we understand that actually when the Magi came, it was about one or two years later. We see that, that Jesus was a toddler at this point when they came. But when they started their journey, is when the, the, a star showed up. And this is what they say. Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? They're saying to Herod. We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Holy cow, they came a long way. They traveled for over a year following this light. When Jesus showed up, a new light shone in the sky. And these guys weren't religious. They weren't Jews. They were, they were like just some wise guys, magis. They were, they were looking at the stars. They were astronomers or astrologers. And, and all of a sudden, something happened. And they knew something is going on over there. Now, they obviously had studied the scriptures to understand something was going on with this star and this star of David, and this is it. This must be the sign that we see. And so they followed it to find the light. You with me? Now, they traveled for, you know, at, at least a year. You know, I, I'm just wondering how inconvenient it is to drive 10 minutes to church sometimes. <laughs> if I can get real with y'all. Were they inconvenienced? Just a little, I'm sure. They, they did not take Amtrak. You know, they, they, there was no planes. These were camels and donkeys. And a a big you know, group of people heading to find this Savior. We live in such a comfortable culture that we lose the light in the mix of our own comfort. Am I challenging you? Yes. Because too often in our comfort, we start walking into darkness. When we consider being with other people of the light, other Christ followers. When we, when we lose sight on the busyness and just the things that happen in life and, and the things that kind of take us sideways, we start walking away. I'm telling you what, I, I want to be more like the Magi. God, what do you want from me? Let me be inconvenienced, God. Don't let me excuse myself from the light. Let me walk closer to you. Because we know that darkness is active in this. Because then it says, verse 3, when King Herod heard this, about this, this king of the Jews, that they that saw the star, he's like, when King Herod this, he was disturbed. And when we say disturbed, I mean, it was to his core, he was disturbed. He's like, excuse me, I'm king, thank you very much. Who is this that you're talking about? I'm disturbed. I'm upset. I'm frustrated. I'm angry. And we see darkness show up in the Christmas story in this moment in a real and powerful way. That actually takes us back to the Old Testament in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. I believe Herod, and there's some theologians and, and those who have searched Scripture believe that Herod could have been controlled by demonic forces or Satan himself even. He was an evil guy. They called him Herod the Great, but I think he gave himself that title um, as Herod the Great. When you read and study about Herod, um, his, yeah, he was messed up. Actually, Herod, um, historically studying Herod, this king, he actually, um, when he was threatened on his throne 
by three of his sons, he was afraid that they were going to try to take over his throne. He had three of his sons killed and murdered so that they couldn't become king. And then later on, he actually had his own wife and another son killed because he thought she was conspiring to have her son take and kill him and become king. He's a murderer. He's a manipulative, controlling guy. He was all about his own ego, his own world. He was full of darkness. Actually, they, they talked about he, at the end of his life, he got really ill. And, uh, and as he was getting more and more sick, he ordered that all the prominent men be taken and arrested and thrown in prison. And the moment he died, this was his decree, when I die, take all those men to the center of the city and murder and kill all of them so that no one will be without grief when I die. This, is, this guy is evil. This is a messed up guy. He is full of darkness. And we see this in Genesis, back to Genesis. This is what I believe we talked about through the book of Genesis, that there was a seed that was planted over Satan himself, a curse. And the curse was this, and I will put enmity between you and the woman. And between your offspring and hers, he, capital E, will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Satan knew that an offspring of Eve, this seed of God's people who was continuing to come, was going to do this. When, when God said it, it's finished, right? When he prophesies it, it's going to happen. And we see all through the Old Testament, time after time, where the enemy or a pharaoh or a king or a ruler, I believe controlled by Satan, was trying to kill and annihilate the entire Jewish race. And we see this moment, a king of the Jews has been born. Herod hears about it. And what does he do? Well, he, he tells the magic, hey, 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 when you find him, when you find him, come back to me and report and let me know because I would like to go and worship as well. Yeah, that wasn't true. He wanted to go find this king, this kid, this infant. And when the Magi left, they were in a vision told, don't go back to Herod. Go a different route. Take the bypass, right? And so they headed a different way and did not go back to Herod. And then Herod found out and he is ticked off at this point because now he is threatened. His throne is threatened. Who is this king of the Jews? I, I no. And so he orders every child, two and under, every boy, killed. What? That is a dark part of the Christmas story. That's where evil tried to win over the light, where darkness tried to take over the light. And it didn't. Darkness doesn't win, y'all. The darkness is already defeated. His head, the serpent, has already been crushed by Jesus Christ. The light has already gotten rid of the darkness. It's finished. And I'm grateful that we get to live in the season where we get to make a choice in our life. And what is our choice? Our choice is which are we going to walk in, the dark or the light? Welcome to free will, right? We talked a lot about it in the book of Genesis. Like, we all have our own choices. We have our own decisions. We, we get to choose, are we going to make this a totally awesome Christmas and choose light? Or are we going to like, let darkness like, creep in? Are we going to let it to just, just start to take over parts of our life? And that's, 
That's my last point. I want us to choose to live in God's light and to be free. To be free. There's only one way to do that. And that is to proclaim and accept Christ as your light. As your Savior. That's it. That's the only way. The only way to get rid of darkness is to accept the one who is the light. Capital L. If you know Christ, here's the good news. Those of you who are Christians in the room, here's the good news. It's Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8. For you were once darkness. Do you hear the past tense? You used to be there. You used to be controlled by the darkness. It, it was over you. You were once darkness, but now you are what? Light. light. How? In the Lord. You're not light by yourself. You can't light your own light. It's not like I'm going to push the darkness out all by myself. It doesn't work. You can't do it. Why? Because you are a sinner. Our sin is darkness. We are dark because of our sin. We can't push that out. We can't handle that. We can't fix it. We are only brought to light in the Lord. So now that we've been brought into light, live as children of the light. He's like, make a choice. If you're a Christ follower and you've been given the gift of the light and love of Jesus Christ, salvation now and forever, and you in your own life have said, I believe Satan, you are crushed in the name of Jesus Christ. Your head is done. You are finished. You have no power over me because I am walking in the light of the Lord, not my own light. And I am choosing to not let you, darkness, have any control over me any longer. I love 2 Corinthians. It says this, this way, 4-6. For God who said, light shall shine out of darkness. It's going back to Isaiah. <laughs> He's like, the world was dark. The world is dark. But light is going to shine. Light shall shine out of darkness. Is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. This is a powerful verse right here. This is a promise verse. This is a verse of what you have been given in Christ Jesus. There is a darkness. That darkness is sin for us personally, if we get real. That sin, that darkness has been dealt with because the one has shown in our hearts to give the light of knowledge of the glory of God. How? In the face of Christ. It's only Christ. That's it. When we accept the gift of salvation, Christ's light comes in. It's like, <laughs> and all of a sudden the darkness is like, I can't deal with it. You're like, that's right, you can't deal with it, darkness. I know that I still sin, but do you know what? Even my darkest sin, I've already received the light and there is no shadows in me. I've been forgiven now and forever through the blood of Jesus Christ and I have life and light now and forever because of the resurrection of my Savior. Amen. He is alive, and therefore I am alive in him. Now, here's the problem with all of us in this room. We don't like the light sometimes. Sometimes the lights are just too bright and shows us things we don't want to see. I don't know if you've ever stayed in a hotel room that has, you know, for some reason, hotel bathroom lights are the worst. 
don't know if you ever stayed in one. Like, you go in, and all of a sudden, I look like I'm like 100 years old, and like I'm pale, and I'm like, this is, I, I'm horrible looking. Like, what is this? I'm half dead in this light. And then, then they, a lot of them have these uh, mirrors on the side. I don't know if anybody have a makeup mirror, right? So this is a mirror that like comes out off the wall, and it has a ring light on it, and then it has this beautiful thing that magnifies your face about 20 times. Who enjoys that, right? All of a sudden, you're looking in a horrible light, making you look even worse, and you're like, my pores look like Mount Vesuvius, right? Like, like there's this like volcano about to burst with these blackheads, and it's disgusting, right? You're seeing things you don't want to see, and it's magnified, and it's lit with a horrible lighting. Sometimes we don't like what the light reveals, do we? It shines on things that we just want to cover up, right? We don't want other people to see. I don't want to see that. I, I want to keep that part in the dark. Here's the problem. The things you hide in the dark don't stay in the dark. When the light of Christ shows up in your life, that light's going to expose some things. Right? That's what light does. And the light exposes our fear, our insecurity, our sin, our shame. When we bring all of that and let Christ's light shine on it, all of a sudden it's like, no, don't look at that. I've been trying to hide that, that thing. No, don't. God, it's not there. I, I reject it, right? It is so uncomfortable. Like if I turn on all the lights in this room and all these lights at 100% and you looked around this room, just so you know, you'd see a lot of imperfections. There's stains on the carpet up here, y'all, but it's blue and green, right? You can't tell. We hide it with lights. We don't like what the light exposes. It exposes our fear. Light exposes our insecurity. Don't, mm, no, I don't want you to see that part of who I am. Our sin, because honestly with God, nothing's hidden. There's not a single thing that's hidden in the light of God's presence and our shame. But here's the good news of the gospel. When God exposes those things and we get real with those things, this is what happens. God's light replaces wrath with love. Right? Our, our fear and our sin and shame, should we should experience the wrath because of that. There should be consequences because of our bad choices, our sinful behavior. Our, like, and, and this is what the light of Christ does. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm not bringing you wrath. I am flooding you with my love. Meaning I accept you with all of that. You're forgiven of all of it. It's over. I don't even, I don't see it. It's not on your record. That is what the light of God does. Darkness is actually the thing that keeps you in your fear and security, sin and shame. When you let yourself be open enough to Christ to say, here is all of me. Not just the Sunday part of me. Not just the part I want other Christians to see in me. But here, God, here's really, here's, here I am. Here's all of it the good, the bad, the ugly, the daggum hotel mirror light. Like, here it is. Here I am. And he says, oh, my light, I'm going to flood you with my love. This is where shame is replaced with joy. How is that possible? How can my shame be turned into joy? Why? Because the wrath has been turned into love. <laughs> I don't have to be ashamed anymore because I'm forgiven. And now I can be like joyful about, well, God, your light has forgiven me. Your love has forgiven me. And I just, you got to be kidding me. I'm no longer ashamed. 
That's when you can actually share your testimony and say, guys, this was the darkness in my life. Here's the light of the presence of God that's changed me forever. And this is where death gets replaced with eternal life. Death is darkness. Eternal life is in the presence of a holy God, which is in the presence of his glory and his light for eternity. That is the gift that we've been given in Christ Jesus. I would much rather live in love, joy, and with eternal life than with fear, insecurity, sin, and shame. Wouldn't you? I mean, our hearts say yes, but our minds still say, I don't know about that, Tim, right? There's still parts of us that's like, I don't know about that, Tim. And that's a part of the journey of walking with Christ is learning how to let those little dark parts that you're trying to control over here. You're hoping to kind of stay in the dark, but you know who controls the dark? Satan. And he will grab that darkness in your life anytime he wants to, and he will use it in your life to control and manipulate you and to continue to make you feel shameful, continue to make you feel fearful, continue to, to walk you into his darkness, even though you've been given a light. Why would we do that? If there's something dark in your life today, I'm going to ask you, in the presence of God, you don't have to do it in front of me, you don't have to do it in front of me, but in the presence of God, will you just let him have it? Would you say, God, I'm tired of walking in this darkness. I'm tired of hiding this thing. Some of you have some things in the darkness that you need to walk with somebody through, right? You need a counselor or a mentor or what we call BGP, a big godly person in your life that can help you walk through so you can get to the light and away from that darkness. That's why we have small groups and mentoring and counseling here in New Hope because our mission is to help those who are broken, that's darkness, find wholeness in Christ, that's light. That's what we do here. So if you want that, you have to choose it. We can't make you do anything. Actually, God can't make you do anything. You have to choose it. I'm going to ask you today to choose it. God, thank you for your word. <clears throat> thank you that you've shown your light. You've shown your glory. That you saw the darkness and you see the darkness and you're not okay with darkness. And that you loved us so much that you sent your one and only son to this world and then it says, whoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. Life in the light forever. God, you've given that gift to us. Best Christmas present ever. I don't know everybody's going through this morning, God, but you do. Would you lead us? Would you lead us this morning? Let me talk to the Christians in the room just real quick. And, uh, and I want to do something after the gathering, okay? So I'm, I'm going to ask some people to do some things. But if there's some dark corners of your life, let God's light shine on it. The moment you do, it loses its power. We've seen it over and over and over and over and over again here at New Hope. You don't want it to, that darkness to have power. You just put it in the light. Replace the fear with love. Right? So if that's you after the gathering, I'm going to ask, um, ask Pastor Jim and I'm going to ask uh, some of the prayer team if you'd be available up front. 
up here after the gathering as people are leaving to pray with anybody. And if you want somebody to pray with this morning, um, we're going to be available for that, okay? And, uh, and, and we want to walk you through some freedom if you want that this morning, if you want to choose that. If you are not a Christ follower this morning and, um, and you don't know this God who's done this great thing for you, just, you know, he has done it for you personally. Like, he knows you. He knows your name. He knows your story. He knows where you come from. He knows the past. He knows your hurts and wounds. He knows the things you love and the things that bring you joy. He knows you personally. And he's made a way for you to get to know him personally. And the only way to do that is to accept the light he's given, and that's proclaiming Jesus as your Savior, the one who died on the cross for your sins and paid your price for your forgiveness. And that you proclaim him in your life and ask that, he comes into your life and heart and you can be saved and if that's you today I want you to pray with me right now and walk into that gift so if that's you you can say these words make them your own make it your own confession but you can say say this say God I know that I am not perfect I know I've sinned but I want to know you I want to be forgiven of my sins I want you in my life so I'm confessing your son Jesus died on the cross for me and paid for my sin. It should have been me. And I'm asking, would you forgive me now and forever, God? I want to be your child. Give me your Holy Spirit. Enter into my heart and life. Forgive me and free me and give me your light. And I just confess this and ask this in Jesus' name alone. Amen. <clears throat> and God, for all of us, as, as we're going to leave this morning in, 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 a, in just a spirit of worship, kind of an attitude.